Thank you for joining The Secret Chord, a weekly exploration of music and spirituality. I'm your host, Adam Jacobs. Hi, folks, and thank you for joining The Secret Chord this week. I'm excited to bring you a different kind of genre, a different kind of band. This week, we are looking at The Who. Think of The Who as a particularly spiritual group of people. I don't think most people do, but I'm hoping to demonstrate that they really are. So, who are The Who? They are an English rock band. They were formed in London in 1964. And their most classic lineup consisted of four people, Roger Daltrey on vocals, guitarist and singer Pete Townsend, bass guitarist John Entwistle, and drummer Keith Moon. They are one of the most successful rock bands of all time, um, extremely influential, and um, to date have sold uh, over 100 million records worldwide. So in researching them and their background, I discovered that they were from uh, an earlier group, which were called The Detours. Um, they were part of the pop art and mod movements. If you've seen the movie Quadrophenia, uh, the music was by The Who. Uh, it is an exploration of the whole mod versus rocker movements that happened in the 60s. And uh, The Who were on the side of the mods. They were very eclectic and in many ways uh, iconoclastic, including their self-described auto-destructive art, which means that they used to smash their instruments on stage. And they were the one of the first to do that. Uh, Pete Townsend, very exciting visuals, him smashing up his guitar and Keith Moon's his drums. And um, I saw in interviews that part of the reason that they did that was just out of pure frustration and anger. And maybe you would think, gosh, that doesn't seem too spiritual. Like these frustrated, angry guys smashing up their, their stuff on stage doesn't seem like music. But in thinking about that, um, I was thinking that passion and anger can often be misunderstood. So it's not just a desire to smash things and lash out, but rather a frustration that things aren't better. And I think The Who in many ways gave rise to a lot of the even more aggressive bands that came after them because they were a pretty heavy, pretty intense group. But thinking forward in time into the 80s, a band like Megadeth, can, you know, can anything be said that's spiritual about them? Their persona, their name, their music. And I'd like to do a separate podcast on heavy metal at some point, but just listen to this tune by Megadeth for two seconds. Yeah, so if there's a new way, he'll be the first in line, meaning he expects things to be good. That's Dave Mustaine in this case. But the question is, why should things be better? Why shouldn't they just be the way they are? 
why should we expect anything to be any particular way? So it's a deep topic, and I don't mean necessarily to launch right into the spiritual aspect of this before we even get to the music, but one thought is that when people are angry and frustrated that things aren't better, I look at that as a tacit admission to a belief that there is an inherent goodness to creation and that it's upsetting to people when that isn't expressed and isn't more manifest. And I think that the who and others were just expressing their frustration and disdain that the fundamental goodness of life wasn't more apparent. So the song I'd like to share with you today is called Bargain. And it's from their 1971 hit record, Who's Next? Let's listen to a couple of verses, and then we'll talk more about it. first a few words about the music. Roger Daltrey, one of the defining voices in all of rock history. Gruff, bold, intense. And in my opinion, there is no better scream in all of rock and roll. If you listen to songs like Won't Get Fooled Again or Love Rain Over Me, he is a consummate screamer. He just brings an incredible intensity to the music. Pete Townsend and John Entwistle were instrumental in making extreme volume and distortion a standard rock practice. Before The Who, there wasn't this bone-crushing sound, especially in live concerts that there is today. They were really pioneers in that. And despite the fact that Townsend considered himself less technical as a guitarist than people like Eric Clapton and Jeff Beck, which I would agree, he's probably not as proficient as they are, he sought to be extra creative and also to stand out visually. So for instance, if you uh, watch him live, he does these windmill strums 
where he just wildly whips his hand around. He was an extremely exciting player. Um, he also was one of the pioneers of what's now called the power chord, which is essentially a very easy to finger chord that's built from the root and the fifth. It's a very powerful sounding chord, hence its name. And one word about Keith Moon is, in my estimation, also one of the great rock drummers, one of the best ever. Totally original. He has this frenetic, off-balance and exciting style of playing. You just never know where he's going. And he also uses his tom-toms very extensively in these cymbal crashes and unexpected places. He's much more like an instrument, like a contributing instrument than just a backup drummer. So the four of them together were just a killer unit, just an incredible group of musicians. So Pete Townsend, influenced by Bob Dylan, sought to have lyrics that meant something. He wanted to talk about ideas and not just romances and things that other bands were singing about. And um, he was also strongly influenced by a religious leader named Mayor Baba. And this song, Bargain, sounds like a love song, perhaps between a man and a woman. But really, it's a love song to the Almighty himself, which he admits in uh, several interviews and talks about it openly. Pete Townsend is a spiritual guy who often wrote about spiritual things. And if you listen carefully to the Who's lyrics, you see that that's the case. For instance, the very famous song from the same album, Baba O'Reilly, is named partially after his guru, Mayor Baba, Baba O'Reilly. The O'Reilly part comes from minimalist composer Terry Riley. He combined the two things and made that hit song, which is so unusual just to think that that was possible. Also, the classic See Me, Feel Me, which came from the Tommy soundtrack um, and which they performed live at Woodstock, uh, which in my estimation was one of the great performances of all time. If you haven't seen it, just go to YouTube and check it out. It's so engaging. Um, those lyrics also, See Me, Feel Me, Touch Me, Heal Me, are, are spiritual lyrics. And in this song, Bargain, and these other songs, Pete is doing religion, essentially. He is trying to reach across that divide. He's speaking to the infinite and couching it all in some hard-driving, blues-based rock. It is a remarkable thing. So for those people who think that these musicians, even these rock and roll musicians, aren't spiritual people and don't have the same yearnings for transcendence that everybody else does or that many people have, that's not correct. Here you see the most successful groups of all time very engaged in what I would deem to be spiritual practice, whether they define it that way, whether they understood it that way. That's my opinion. So the opening lyrics are, I'd gladly lose me to find you. I'd gladly give up all I had to find you. I'd suffer anything and be glad. I'd pay any price just to get you. I'd work all my life and I will. To win you, I'd stand naked, stoned, and stabbed. And then he goes on to say, I'd call that a bargain, the best I ever had. Those are pretty intense lyrics, if you think about it. This is a man saying, 
I would do anything. I would suffer anything to what? To connect with God. That's what he's saying. He's willing to give it all up to have that connection. I mean, that's pretty inspiring if you think about it. And that got me thinking about the desert and the fact that at least in Judaic sources, prophecy is usually achieved in the deserts. And uh, the sages of long ago said, if you want prophecy, you have to make yourself like a desert. And interestingly, in the Hebrew language, the word midbar, which means desert, is the same word essentially as midaber, which means to speak, that there's a connection between the quiet, lonesome outdoors and communication. The problem is, is that our egos thwart every attempt to correctly perceive reality, ultimate reality at least. And as a result, anything that can be done that diminishes the power of the ego is ultimately a good thing, whether that's pain, embarrassment, or tribulation of any kind, which could help us to reframe a lot of the negative experiences that we have. If we thought, yeah, this situation is really crummy, but it's helping me to be a less egotistical person, and that's good, that's good for my spirituality, it might make life a lot more enjoyable. And uh, that's what they seem to be saying in these opening verses, is like, bring it on. However difficult it gets, I'll pay any price. It's fine. So Pete Townsend admitted that that's easier said than done. And for him, it was actually extremely difficult. I wondered to myself, you know, how far would he have taken it? Would he have been willing to give up music, for instance, for that connection? If I ever meet him, I'll ask him. Let's listen now to the bridge. I sit looking round, I look at my face in the mirror. I know I'm worth nothing without you. And life, one and one don't make two, one and one make one. And I'm looking for that free ride to me. I'm looking for you So even before I looked into it, it's the bridge that told me that this is a spiritual song and not just a love song. So he says, I sit looking around, I look at my face in the mirror. I know I'm worth nothing without you. And like one and one don't make two, one and one make one. And I'm looking for that free ride to me. I'm looking for you. Again, 
in my opinion, that's a remarkable thing to say in the middle of a rock and roll song. The first thing to note is that it's a staple of monotheistic thoughts that exactly as he says, one and one don't make two. There really is only one. And this is a huge topic that would take hours to speak out. But the world appreciates unity. Things point in a direction of unity. People enjoy when things are unified. The UN, for instance, is an attempt to unify all the nations of the world. People feel physically and mentally well when they have unity with other people. Unity is a natural and powerful and pleasurable experience. For thousands of years, the monotheistic tradition has been promoting the idea that at its core, there is only one. And Pete Townsend in these lyrics is looking for that and acknowledging that. And I think that's cool. Additionally, I thought that the line, I'm looking for a free ride to me. If that was about a relationship, that'd be fairly selfish. You wouldn't say to your girlfriend, I really like you because you're a free ride to me. It really, it's about me. So he's looking to the Almighty to come to understand himself. And in thinking about that, I had a question, which is, do we find ourselves by finding God or find God by finding ourselves? Which way does it go? So on the one hand, our individual consciousness is the only tool that we have to reach beyond ourselves. At the same time, we have a concept that the beginning of wisdom is the awareness of the infinite. That's a quote from King Solomon 3,000 years ago. That you have to start by understanding, at least in a basic way, what the big picture is all about. And then you can circle back and try to understand your place in the big picture. So I think he's saying a profound thing. I think this is a profound song. And how helpful that it comes in this great package and how fun and exciting. Let's listen to the end of the song.
hope you've enjoyed this great band and this amazing song and these great ideas contained in it. I look forward to speaking to you again next week. And I wish you all the best. Have a great week. Thank you for listening. If you would like to find more content like this, as well as information about live programming, visit us at www.aishny.com. That's www.aishny.com. <laughs>